on my three, two, one. All right, welcome back. Aniket here, and this is Politics for Dummies. पिछले हफ्ते हमने बात की थी कि कैसे चाइना और ताइवान का जो रिलेशनशिप है उसके बारे में हम थोड़ा बहुत डिस्कस करेंगे उसी के साथ हमने ये भी बोला था नैन्सी पिलोसी जो है द स्पीकर फ्रॉम द यूएसए शी वॉन्टेड टू विजिट ताइवान विच ऑल्सो पुट्स ताइवान इन दैट ऑफिशियल स्पेस जो चाइना को बिल्कुल पसंद नहीं है एंड फेबियन कैप्टन सेंग द चाइना थ्रेट is as fake as the products actually she didn't say it i said it and he also laughed with that joke that china's threat to you know take strict actions uh, uh, would be as fake as the products that there are uh, fabian welcome back um jo dar tha world war 3 ho jayega art duke ferdinand ki tarah nancy policy ko assassin karenge and that will be the linchpin for the whole world war 3 thing that didn't happen yaar Uh, so good for us, but um, the whole Taiwan visit in and out by Nancy. इसकी कहानी क्या है? Why did this actually happen? What was the whole purpose of this? Well, let me start by complimenting the media in India and abroad for their consistency in exaggerating matters. Aha. Uh-huh. The media in the West. and to an extent in the rest of the world said it might be the beginning of the third world war <laughs> they have been saying the same thing about what is happening in ukraine yeah so media have consistently exaggerated matters so i congratulate them for their consistency though i wish i could have congratulated them for getting it wrong so often now having said that nancy pelosi wanted to visit taiwan for many reasons partly she knows that after the midterm election yeah. she will lose her office that is in november so she wanted to do it while still in office okay secondly in her constituency from california there is a certain sizable number of taiwanese okay now the third question is whether president biden was behind it or not now indian scholars have discussed it uh, at length and in depth some of them saying that uh, biden was behind it others saying that uh, Nancy Pelosi technically as speaker doesn't need permission from the president well let me put it this way what is important is not what you aniket and i or others in india are thinking what is important is what xi jinping is thinking okay in his mind there is no doubt that biden was behind it because xi jinping cannot imagine a situation where anything will happen in america of such a nature without president's permission so that is what he believes now he took it as a provocation and he warned and warned and warned and after nancy pelosi left in fact we had discussed it i believe last time either with you or with others and i had said that you know when pelosi is in town they won't do anything yeah she will not be in danger but once she leaves china will militarily intimidate 
I repeat the word, intimidate Taiwan, not attack. So that intimidation has taken place. Yeah. And I think it will remain at that level. And uh, that is where we are. So this leads us to the topic that we decided that we will talk China and Taiwan's relationship. Hai. Uh, you know, jaha China tells the whole world that Taiwan exists, nahi karta. it's a part of China, uh, China province, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Taiwan ko alag se uh, bhao mat diya karo, Taiwan is nothing, etc, etc. Theek hai? Is this, is this, I know this is a very old story, but a lot of people, jaysa ki mein hoon, inko ye kahani pata nahi hai. China or Taiwan. Ki. So if you could just take us back into history and tell us a little bit about this entire dynamic that is between China and Taiwan and why China refuses to uh, acknowledge Taiwan and at the same time uh, lets no one acknowledge that Taiwan is a separate entity. Thank you, Aniket. You know my strong weakness for history. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, let's go back in time, Second World War. Chiang Kai-shek was the president of the Republic of China. Uh -huh. And Chiang Kai-shek and Mao Zedong, they were not great friends, but they worked together to get rid of the Japanese. Okay? Yeah. But once the Japanese were out in 1945, post Nagasaki, Hiroshima, but not, I repeat, but I don't have time to explain, not because of that, okay. you know, but after that, well, then Mao Zedong and Chiang Kai-shek started a civil war. America strongly supported Chiang Kai-shek. Okay. And then in October 1949, Mao Zedong declared China has stood up. In other words, by then Chiang Kai-shek had fled to Formosa. That was the name used there then. That is Taiwan. Okay. Chiang Kai-shek had fled the mainland and Mao Zedong was the lord of the mainland. Okay. okay? Then comes America, Truman. Jawaharlal Nehru told Truman, it is good, better for the whole world if America recognizes PRC, People's Republic of China, okay. and starts talking to them. This was, you know, the, the Korean War also was there. Well, Truman did not want to do that. He told himself, okay, anyone who is recognized by America is ipso facto in power. It doesn't okay. matter where he is. So okay. though Chiang Kai-shek in this remote Formosa, once America recognized him as the representative of China, well, then he is. This is what I call arrogance and ignorance combined to a high degree. Anyway, when did America come to a good sense? That was in 1971-72, when Kissinger, as you remember, went there. Okay? 
Okay. Then later, China came into the United Nations. Taiwan was shown the door, and that is where we are. Then came the One China policy, uh, endorsed by Washington and Beijing, which says that. Uh, the people of China, everyone on either side of the Straits of Taiwan recognizes that there is only one China. Okay, now this is, what shall I say, ambiguity taken to the nth degree. Because Chiang Kai-shek also said that he was representing the whole of China. Yeah. Okay. This is a, a study in absurdity. But the fact is that uh, provided Taiwan doesn't seek independence, doesn't seek international recognition, China more or less is prepared to live with it. Though I should add that Xi Jinping probably has a plan to incorporate Taiwan during his time in office. And he might do that militarily. And if he chooses to do that, let me put it to you bluntly, plain English. America can do nothing about it except by starting a big war, which I don't think America will do. Can America afford to do a war at this point of time? As I said, it can, it has to start a big war. Otherwise, what China does in the region, America will not be able to handle it. And I don't think Biden wants to have uh, body bags coming to America and he's wise. I'm not blaming him. It's right. the right approach. It's the right approach. Okay. So now hear me out. Uh, talking about Biden at this point of time, we understood the relation and dynamic between China and Taiwan and Ukraine and Russia war is still going on. But uh, FBI at this point of time, uh, uh, you know, going ahead and locking up uh, the Margot Islands of uh, Trump. Yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it. You would love that the minute I would have said it. Uh, but uh, tell me, does this have to do anything with them taking away that Pelosi visited Taiwan? Is this like a media shift coverage or is it something serious? Well, I doubt whether it is uh, the intention is to divert attention from Taiwan because, you know, it doesn't help that way and it has not helped. I think uh, Biden wants to prevent uh, Trump from contesting in 2024. But whether Biden will succeed in that, I can't read the tea leaves as yet. Okay. And Trump is gaining ground up to a point. But at the same time, in the Republican Party, some people have started asking, why don't you move on? This guy is too much of trouble. He has mm. got such a baggage of history. So let's move on. But they will find it difficult. So Trump right. might come back. And you, even you and I, if we continue our series, might be discussing the return of Trump in 2024 November. That prodigal son, the prodigal son will return. Uh, uh, once again, coming back to China and Taiwan, uh, China being such a, a giant in itself in terms of exports, imports, the debt trap, all of that. 
China is now losing a lot of money. We know that China at this point of time does not really have a lot of money. So do you think China uh, at this point, which is intimidating Taiwan, uh, can afford to get into a war or get into a tussle between its neighboring place? Because Taiwanese people have a sense of, you know, uh, uh, you know, an econ- economic stability, but China at this point of time doesn't, right? We've read this somewhere in some articles that China in itself is in the debt. So, you know, economic wise, can China do what they are planning to do? Uh, let me put it this way. Let's look at the big picture. The world GDP is $100 trillion. Yeah. America, 25.3. China, 19.9 uh-huh. right uh okay so that's how it is next is japan way below 4.9 so america and china are the giants others are you know i don't small want to players. say anything huh. small players okay they are you know, so that's where we are now i agree with you that chinese economy is having some problems some serious problems but I do not think that, uh, you know, they will not be able to overcome those difficulties. Because don't forget one thing. If China expands at uh, 3% okay. the GDP, it is as good as India expanding at 15% in terms of the wealth added. All right. All right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And China is expanding at more than 5%. So let's see. So difficulties are there, but I don't expect China to pounce upon Taiwan today or tomorrow or day after. They will buy their time. Cool. So we'll come back and we'll discuss this for a season two. But uh, for now, that was a story of China and Taiwan. Uh, Nancy Pelosi visiting and Trump uh, being uh, under the radar of the FBI. Uh, There is much more to discuss, but that would happen in the next episode. Uh, Till then, uh, stay tuned. This is Politics for Dummies. That is Fabian. This is me, Aniket. And if you have any questions regarding to politics or any other rule or regulation, or you want to learn anything about history of politics, you can definitely hit us up on our Instagram handle. That is HGSmartCast. And we will see you soon. Till then, thank you so much. Well, Aniket, happy Raksha Bandhan for you. Oh, and yes. Happy, happy Independence Day. Oh, we got a lot to talk about Independence Day. So don't forget about that as well. We'll see you in the next episode. Till then, bye-bye. Okay, Fabian, uh, I'll take a pause here. Welcome back and a very happy Independence Day to everybody who's tuned in because uh, man, oh man, 75 years of independence for which I've been there for a quarter. I am I am 25 and above. So I've seen 25 years of independence for myself and Fabian a little bit more. So definitely you're going to note compare notes uh, on this episode of Politics for Dummies. Uh, 75 years. And that is what the theme of this year is Har Ghar Tiranga. 75 years of Amrit Mahotsav. That's the theme of Independence Day uh, this year. Uh, Fabian, happy Independence Day. Uh, how are you taking this freedom? Freedom from office today for me, but freedom uh, for you <laughs> since a very long time. So how do you how do you define your freedom today? All right. Um, well, 
Let me recall that in 1947, I had taken out a procession celebrating our independence when, when I was at school. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, since then, we have made tremendous progress. There is no doubt about it. Wonderful. So it is incumbent on us to monitor and record that progress and put it in the historical context. Let us take literacy. Now, in 1950, the literacy was about, uh, you know, 30, 35% or less. Okay. In India. Okay. Okay. Now it is 77.7%. All right. Wow. You see the growth. You see the growth. But yes. once again, I repeat, let us look at the big picture. In 1944, okay. Mr. Sargent was the member education in the Viceroy's Executive Council. And he came out with a proposal for total literacy, 100% in 40 years. So that would have been 1984. Okay. Well, I suppose 1984 might uh, invoke other uh, memories for you, George Orwell and whatnot. Oh, yeah, anyway. 94, yes. But uh, at that time, our political leader said, well, that is too long. We need it faster. All right? Okay. Okay. Now, we have yet to reach there. Correct? And True. China's is 96.84. And China reached India's current level in 1990. Okay? Okay. And, Aniket, even that official figure of 77.7 .7 is not necessarily accurate. You must have heard about, in fact, we have talked about it, about the annual state of education in India, a publication which comes from an NGO called Pratham, where okay. they say that where they say that fifth grade pupils cannot do third grade sums, you know. Yeah. So even that seventy-seven point seven has to be adjusted. So that's point number one. Now comes life expectancy. That was thirty-four years in nineteen fifty. And uh -huh. now it is 69.73 in 2020. Wow. Great improvement. Great improvement. At the same time, looking at the big picture, China is 77.30. Sri Lanka is 77. Okay. So there again, we have to make more progress. Now you mentioned about freedom. Well, philosophically, I hope you don't mind being philosophical for a change. Freedom from fear and freedom from want. These are the two aspects of freedom. Yeah. As regards freedom from want, we have made once again tremendous progress in terms of uh, food grains production, industrial production, and all that, the growth of the GDP. And yet, we know that about 800 million of our compatriots they need subsidized food from the government. That means 
they have got freedom from want but only with government assistance we want to see a position where they have freedom from want without any assistance we are reaching we are moving in that direction okay now comes freedom from fear now here you know that we have been saying that often violence is a monopoly of the state when there is a state mm -hmm. okay now violence to analyze it can be more than physical there can be administrative violence when you send a bulldozer to bring down my little house correct yeah there can be administrative violence when in the name of national security you arrest a journalist true there can be administrative violence when you get hold of a 82 or 84 year old man father stands swami and charge him with uh, sedition without any evidence hold him in jail and eventually he dies because he could not get proper medical attention and let us not forget that this sedition law is the same law under which mahatma gandhi was charged probably 100 years ago so freedom from fear from the violence from the state i'm sorry to say is not an area where we have made much progress we need to and therefore aniket in the 75th year let us celebrate but along with the celebration let there be some introspection where are we where did we come from and where do we want to be and uh, i'm sorry to say i don't see much sign of such introspection we put the national flag i don't know in mayur vihar some the chief minister uh, kejriwal uh, has put it up i believe 170 foot high flag pole well yeah. great but even as we do that let us respect the flag in our action if you do it only what shall i say symbolically if you do it only to hit the headlines if we do not respect the flag by our action then let us ask ourselves what has gone wrong with us and how do we rectify wow that is a very 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 powerful message out there fabian uh we did make progress but we regressed as well we've come so far yet it seems that we are still stuck in the past it's 2022 but it still feels that it's 1922 where we are still ruled by fear we're still ruled by our administration we're still ruled by people who can't take anything against themselves i mean that's so archaic and that's so wrong but uh, fabian uh, i i have been i have been known for being optimistic in my life i've been known for someone i've been known as someone who looks at the better side of a picture uh, and for me in 75 years i have seen that my country has has reached on heights that others while did get the same freedom as us couldn't achieve and have still stayed in the past we're talking about our neighboring countries uh you know we've got a little better healthcare of course we've got a little bit better infrastructure 
we've got better lifestyle compared to people outside our country uh, who did achieve freedom at the same time but we also have indians representing uh, uh, you know on a global level we've got indians who are out there uh, saying that hey listen uh, you know we can go ahead and put ourselves out there on the global map for example a uh, sundar pichai for example a uh, satyanadella for example uh, uh, parag who is the ceo of twitter today you know all of these people out there making india proud what do you have to say about this that in 75 years we made an international mark what do you have to say about the good things as well well i share your pride and uh, it is so good to see so many of our people doing so well abroad but let me ask you why do they have to go abroad to do so well mm -hmm. why can't we provide them the opportunity to make use of your genius and ability to work hard and do something to take india forward india as a whole so okay. we can be proud of them but it'll be much better if some of them at least come back to india and take charge of things that's point number 1 second point you made is about pakistan there is no doubt at all we have done better infinitely better than our brothers and sisters in pakistan and i want to see them do better true so uh, when india did get its independence right 75 years ago in 47 uh you were there right you were literally there you existed then what was that joy that people saw compared to the joy that we have today do you think people took freedom for granted i am afraid some people many people have taken freedom for granted and they forget our forebears our grandfathers and grandmothers who fought for freedom let me tell you that the other day i yeah. attended uh, a book release at maurya sheraton this was uh, uh, you know and there was a man let me not name him he gave uh, a summing up of india's freedom struggle for 7 minutes without mentioning mahatma gandhi oh well i will not tell you who it is ah that's it <laughs> <laughs> being politically correct here are we but uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah he is the leader of a political party that's all what i will say yeah we got to be politically correct with that now but no, i will not, i will not i will not name the party that's absolutely fine fabian but on a, on a, on a serious note um do you think that the newer generation which is which is termed as gen z uh they 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 are our future gen z and gen a do you think they are our future and uh, if so what are the good things that they need to accomplish that we as uh, the greatest generation boomers and millennials and gen x couldn't accomplish so what is that one message for the youngsters out there that you as someone okay. who's seen the freedom struggle would like to say simple first spend a little character character and courage and neither can be imported neither can be bought or sold be true to yourself then it follows you cannot be untrue to anyone else 
as the night follows the day, as the poet said. Wow, that's that's pretty powerful out there. So every Gen Z and every Gen A who is listening to this podcast, definitely something to take from this and put into your life so that you could go ahead and do better just for yourself and for the country that you fight for on, on the internet and fight for in every way possible. Uh, that was brilliant, Fabian. Uh, a very apt uh, summary of 75 years of our independence done here on Politics for Dummies. Uh, if you have any question regarding politics, you can always reach out to us on HD Smartcast. That's our Instagram handle. Uh, Fabian and I have decided to take a little break. Uh, and uh, we've decided that uh, we will meet you guys after a while. Uh, and uh, this would be probably our 50th episode. And uh, until until we decide what we want to do next with the next 100 episodes that we are planning to do, uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a little break from our happy relationship, our student-teacher relationship. And we'll meet you guys very soon. Uh, for the last, uh, you know, almost 18 weeks that Fabian, uh, 18 months that Fabian and I have been together, I would like to say a very, very thank you. Uh, I'm genuinely grateful for you teaching me everything and anything about politics that I've learned. So thank you so much for being an amazing teacher, Fabian. Thank you, Aniket. Uh, I have never recognized any dummy in you. And uh, <laughs> I'm also certain that uh, there is no dummy among our listeners. That was only a, what shall I say, uh, publicity smart phrase which you invented for which yeah. I congratulate you. But it has been very, very satisfactory, uh, you know, heartwarming to interact with you. And when I, I'm with you and other young people, my faith in India's future and in humanity's future gets uh, fortified. Brilliant. I am, I am proud that there is something good that we can get out of our little podcast but uh, once again like i said it's a small break uh, we'll definitely be back bigger bolder better uh, with our next season until then like i've said keep listening to politics for dummies keep on checking out the other podcasts on hg smartcast and if you have any questions regarding politics even though we are not much active uh, with the podcast we'll be active answering every political question thrown at us on hd smartcast that's our instagram handle till then we'll take a leave uh, Fabian, thank you so much once again. Happy Independence Day. And we'll catch up offline very soon. Bye-bye. Well, happy Raksha Bandhan. I hope you had. And also happy Independence Day.